Hello and welcome to the Hypochondriacs Almanac podcast. So um, before we get started, we need to just do a couple little disclaimers that we do every time. You can fast forward through this part if you so choose. But first and foremost, we are not doctors or medical professionals of any kind. Please, please, please do not take anything we say on the show as medical advice. We're not trying to treat you, diagnose you, or fix any of your medical conditions. If you have an issue, please see a doctor. Don't guess or take what we say as a diagnostic tool. We just want to talk about all the fun and weird parts of the medical world, past, present, and future. Let's jump right into today's episode. Tonight's episode, we are going to talk about some fun stuff. We're going to talk about rum alcohol but rum in particular just thinking about the best rum i ever had what was the best rum you ever had so um my friends bought me this uh rum called ron zacapa and it's this 23 year old aged rum they're aged in oak barrels and they're where is it from i think it's new i want to say new zealand hold on i can official site Come on. So at the moment, I'm currently kind of enamored with the dark rum from Costco. I don't know if it's like the Kirkland brand or what, but that is so yummy. And it comes in this big square bottle. It's delicious. But It's I, the Kirkland brand? Yes. But I won't complain about some Captain Morgans. Like, I will drink Captain Morgans any day of the week, every day, any day, all day. I will drink Captain Morgan's in a pinch, but the Ron Zacapa is is definitely my favorite, and it's from Guatemala. Ooh, South American rum is quite delicious, I must say. And it was created in the nineteen in nineteen seventy six to celebrate the hundredth anniversary of the foundation of Zacapa. Sweet, I knew it couldn't be New Zealand if it's Ron Zacapa. I mean, come on. No, I. No, I was thinking New Zealand because something else said New Zealand. It was it was just something I was thinking about something else. Rum plays a part in the culture of most islands of the West Indies as well as in the Maritimes in Newfoundland. The drink has famous associations with the Royal Navy, where it was mixed with water or beer to make grog. Sweet. And piracy where it was Huh? I said sweet, let's make some grog. Let's do it right now. I know. Well, I don't know if I want water. Well, this is mixed water or beer to make grog. I don't know if I'd want beer and rum. That sounds disgusting. Holy shit. I want some of that banana beer with the rum. Well, the the the, the more expensive rum Zacapa is a, is a, has like a banana undertones in it. Ooh. And it's, it's supposed to be really flavorful, but that one's really expensive. That one's more like 100 50 or something like that yeah that's a little but, too pricey for us until we hit the big time oh. sorry. I, I don't know i think i would i think i would spend 150 dollars on a good rum like if it's a really good rum like hell yeah hell to the yeah the, you never can spend too much money on rum it's rum yeah um, we'll see rum- that's how i'm broke <laughs> i will not be spending 150 dollars on rum anytime soon i don't care if i'm broke i'd spend 150 on rum that if it's a good rum you're going sl- to slang some it. dope for that or <laughs> yeah, how like, are you going to afford yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's, there's ways around that one. I can think of some, some things, maybe sell some things. Sell a child. Um, so you can afford a $150 <laughs> bottle of rum. So by the way, this episode is called run. I thought you said rum. I did say rum. That's, <laughs> That's what this episode is officially called. Okay, I get it now. <laughs> right? 
Yes, that makes sense. So makes instead so of sense. it's run, a play on rum, like R-U-N versus R-U-M, right? Get it? Got it. Okay. So it is I'm a not big, that slow. rum is a cultural phenomena in the islands and a couple of other places. What, what else you got? Um, rum has also served as a popular medium of economic exchange used to, <laughs> used to for selling go. candies. <laughs> used to help fund enterprises such as slavery, organized crime, and military insurgencies. Wow. Insurgencies? Yeah. Rum is freaking awesome. The origins of rum is from Vagbada, an Indian Aruvic physician, a man to drink unvitiated liquor like rum and wine, mead, Mixed with mango juice, that sounds good, together with friends. Shidu, a drink produced by fermentation and distillation of sugar cane juice, is mentioned in other Sanskrit texts. So it's, so it's it looks like 7th century history. AD. Sweet. Yeah, 7th century AD. Okay, so um, what's your favorite rum drink? I know you gave me your favorite rum, your favorite type of rum, but what's your favorite mixed rum drink? Oh, girl, I don't need to mix rum. I like rum straight. No, I'm not asking you what you like straight. I'm asking you what your favorite rum mixed drink is, specifically. I would have to say I like to mix rum with... Now I have my own drink that I made, and it's rum with chocolate milk. And what is that called? Ass juice? It's called it's called the pirate princess. For reals, like for it's reals, fine. for reals. That's, I don't know what it's called. I invented it, so I I'm naming it the pirate princess. Speaking of pirate princesses, don't you have another article for us about whether pirates drank rum or not? Yes, uh, I pulled up. Uh, I asked Wikipedia or Google if pirates drank really did actually drink rum and it says rum was easily obtained in the sugarcane rich caribbean olden days south seas pirates who would drink anything they could get their hands on if it had a kick were associated with drinking rum so while they would drink other forms of liquor if they could obtain it the average pirate crew member drank what he could afford and that's what made rum the drink of choice so it was the cheapest rum was the cheapest. Interesting. Not beer, rum. But it also says that, you know, like, also the sailors drank it, too. It wasn't just the pirates. Yeah. Well, I it mean... It was a drinkage price because it was just easily accessible and right. it was cheap. Because, you know, when it comes to beverages and drinks and things on board vessels, beer and water took up a lot of space. But rum, you could get more of a kick and a powerful sort of buzz with a less volume. So for them to have alcohol like rum on board was their means of giving people fluids and liquids as well as making people happy because they got to have that buzz as their ration well, of the, rum was That was the out. other thing that they said that because water was didn't taste very good, they would mix the water with the rum making the grog and it was diluted by two times water. And then some lemon, they put lime juice in it, which Prevent they scurvy. thought, which eventually um, they figured out prevented scurvy. And it was the lime juice, not the rum. But for the longest time, they thought it was the rum that was preventing the scurvy. So they would give them Drink the up. rum with the lime. <laughs> yeah. So 
uh, but it was actually the lime juice because the vitamin C in the lime juice that helps prevent scurvy. So bring it. I'm all down for that. So they didn't deliberately necessarily drink it to be pirates. It just happened. So happened that it was convenient and it was cheap. And there you go. Pirates did drink I think, rum. I think um, television has really like made it seem like that was like the it thing. Well, and then they there's, kind of, you know, the Pirates of the Caribbean and Yo-Ho-Ho and a bottle of rum and all that uh, Jack craziness. Sparrow, hello. All yeah, that craziness. That being said, I bet you there's some things you don't know about rum. Some things I don't know about yeah. rum? Yeah. Let's talk about like it. What? Men'sXP.com has an article that is 10 things you never knew about rum. You better tell me about this rum right now. Rum, with its rich history and smooth, sweet flavor profile, is a unique and timeless drink, is it not? It's timeless to me. That's all that matters. (laughs) As such, we are obligated to pay tribute to it. And what better way to do that than to delve into some of the lesser known facts about this delicious alcoholic adult beverage. So here are 10 things you never knew about rum. Number one, rum is the first branded spirit to have ever been made, seeing as how it's been around longer than most modern alcoholic beverages. So before whiskey, before any of those things, it is the first branded beverage that has been sold. So I think it possibly beats out whiskey for a variety of reasons, but I think just because it was in that those warm climates became popular, they shipped it around the world, it became branded for those reasons. But uh, fact number two, rum has medicinal properties that are especially useful for armies at war until a few decades ago. The British Army in particular was known to give rations of rum to its sailors, sailors as a mixture of rum and wine kept the risk of scurvy at bay. Again, we just talked about that, so that's pretty much a, a known one there. The ration was referred to as a tot of rum and was actually prevented a preventative measure against scurvy the, when lime was added to the mixture. Not because of the rum, but because of the lime, obviously, that we just talked about. Um, fact number three, in a spectacular display of love for rum, the infamous Admiral Nelson, who died in the Battle of Trafalgar, had his body preserved in a cask of rum before it was finally laid to rest. <laughs> right? Yes! Accounts that is di- what I'm going to do. Accounts differ as to whether the cask was full or mostly empty at the time, but we do know for sure rum was referred to as Nelson's blood for a long period of time after that incident. We should call it Katrina's blood now. Right, correct. Because you just care for it almost as much, if not more, than Nelson. Well, rum is my best. It is my best friend. So so just just saying. Um, Fact number four. (laughs) Rum has humble origins. Its precursors date back to ancient India and China and are thought to have spread from here. As far as distillation goes, it was sugar plantation slaves in the Caribbean who discovered that sugarcane molasses could be fermented and then distilled it for a pleasant tasting drink. So... Yeah, some recipes from India and China include rum. That is crazy. I had no idea. I actually thought that it began in the Caribbean and that that's the origins of it. But it sounds as though there are some pretty old background. There's pretty old and ancient background to the the rum there. Rum has a long association with piracy, as we mentioned earlier. 
While it began due to English privateers trading it as a valuable commodity, many of these privateers became pirates whose fondness for the drink never vanished. This association was only further strengthened by epic literary works by folks such as Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island and many others. I think pirates were really smart. They're like, fuck this other bullshit. Let's just drink (laughs) drink and steal shit. Yeah. Of course. (laughs) It makes sense. We're not going to conform to the stupid government. We're just going to drink some rum and have some fun. I think we're going to have to do a show about pirates because quite frankly, pirates I find very, very interesting. And there are some pretty interesting tales about pirates, including Bluebeard, Blackbeard, some of those other gentlemen. And there are lady pirates who have very interesting history as well. So I think we're going to have to do a show just about pirates at some point. I am all over that. For real. Very, very interesting. Fact number six. The Caribbean is undoubtedly the epicenter of all rum production in the world. Virtually every island there produces its own distinct rum style. More than 80% of the world's total output comes from there. And almost every other country produces their own rum as well, including India, whose Old Monk is a very well-known brand. Have you ever had Old Monk? I have not. I want to try it. I'm sure it's fabulous. Fact number seven. Um, It doesn't say. But I'm sure it's pretty old as well, because India being one of the first countries to produce rum in ancient times or older times, it's probably a pretty old, well-known brand. Um, let's take a look. 1954. Launched in 1954. That's not as old as I thought it was going to be. I know. I thought it was going to be way old. Anyway, so catch you some old monk brand if you feel particularly inclined. Um, fact number seven. The most expensive rum in the world lacks a specific name, but more than makes up for it in price. Bottled in the 40s by Jamaican distillers Ray and Nephew, it contains blends that are believed to date as far back as 1915. The bottle was displayed at Europe's first rum festival, Rum Fest. Uh, fuck yeah, I want to go to Rum Fest. And there are oh my only God, we're going to Rum Fest. There are only four such bottles remaining in the world, which represent the lost tradition of Ray and Nephew. They are valued at a whopping forty grand a bottle. Holy shit. Can you imagine we were just talking about how expensive a hundred and fifty dollar bottle is? Can you imagine a forty thousand dollar bottle of rum and what that tastes like? Uh, that's probably freaking amazing. It's probably like nectar of the gods. You drink it and you just immediately have an orgasm. <laughs> right? Better for right? Freaking grand. <laughs> it gives you children that you never knew you had. It cleans your house. It suddenly makes you a multimillionaire. It's a fabulous drink. Okay. Um, fact, fact number eight. Rum was also at the epicenter of the infamous slavery triangle, which operated from the late 16th to the early 19th centuries. The first leg involved the shipment of molasses to New England from the Caribbean to produce rum. The second leg was the shipment of rum to West Africa to trade for slaves. And the third and final leg of this triangle was the passage of slave ships to the sugar plantations of the Caribbean and South America, where these same slaves to work in the sugarcane fields. Um, so it's got sort of a dark history to it, despite the fact that the, the beverage itself is delicious. There is some dark history behind rum. And I think we kind of have to acknowledge that as part of the history of this country in particular because of the slave trade that was here. I mean, there's dark history around pretty much everything. You can't really avoid it. No. 
Um, fact number nine, modern rum actually owes a lot to advancements in air conditioning and the growth of tourism. The latter half of the 20th century saw the viability of modern air conditioning, which made it possible for large numbers of people to migrate to warmer weather regions where rum remained a dominant spirit. This massive increase in tourists in such regions led to a rise in the popularity of the drink. So folks were traveling to all these little islands and enjoying this fabulous beverage and we're like shit we got to take some of this home and we've got to have this in our town because this drink is so amazing so it sort of spread the word about how fabulous rum was and sort of brought these brands into places that probably they probably would not have gone gone if people hadn't discovered it through tourism well i'm glad they discovered it because uh me too um and the final (laughs) fact on this list Rum, as everyone knows, is an extremely popular spirit used in cocktails. One of the most popular drinks of this variety is known as the rum sour. It was conceived in Barbados and served in a conch shell. It's, I think it's just like lemon, lime, like lemonade and rum. Okay, but chocolate, chocolate milk, coconut, chocolate milk and rum is is a bomb.com, just saying. Alrighty then. Um, Rum facts. Rum, obviously, is an alcoholic drink prepared from sugarcane juice or molasses. It's been part of traditional culture in the Caribbean. It's now produced and consumed worldwide. It is also produced in Scotland, Australia, Spain, Austria, New Zealand, Fiji, Philippines, India, Reunion Island, Mariatis, South Africa, Thailand, Taiwan, United States, and Canada. Did it, you know It's that? also the most one of the most popular liqueurs and used in some of our favorite cocktails, including daiquiri and mojito. I think mojito is my favorite mixed drink with rum. Uh, I do like daiquiris. I will Did kill you know me some that, mojito. Um, that rum contains no carbohydrates or fats. That's why it's keto. That's why it's perfect. Uh, yes, please. Hook my shit up with some rum, please. <laughs> right? The first distillation of rum took place in the 1620s, where the Caribbean sugarcane plantation slaves discovered molasses, a byproduct of sugar refining, could be fermented into alcohol. I wonder how that came about. They're like, hey, I wonder if we can use this juicy liquid, or I wonder if they just got it on their hands and tasted it, and were like, shit, this tastes so good. Can Let's, let's make something with it. Yeah, they were all over it. They were like, hell yeah, let's do this. Um, the first North American rum distillery was established in 1664 in what is now Staten Island. So there's a pretty long history in the U.S. as well as in the Caribbean of rum distillation. 1664. That's before the U.S. was even, like, a country. There's another f- interesting fact here. Hailing from Barbados, Mount Gay prides itself on being the oldest existing rum company in the world, dating back to 1705. Have you had Mount Gay rum? I have not. Why is it called Mount Gay? There's probably some place in Barbados that is named after it, right? I so suppose. the origin of the word rum is widely disputed, although many people argue that it was taken from the last syllable of the Latin word used for sugar, saccharum. So they used the last part of that word to figure out what that drink should be called. Who knows? That's spe- they say that it's speculation. Perhaps. Speculation or speculation? Speculation, because I'm drinking rum right now. (laughs) Other names for rum include Nelson's Blood, Kill Devil, Demon Water, Pirate's Drink, Navy Neaters, Barbados Water, Grog, and Rum Bullion. Rum Bullion. 
Hell yeah. I'm going to start naming my rum drinks rum bullion. That sounds awesome. I love that name. Bullion. <laughs> so that's awesome. interestingly enough, George Washington was quite the mixologist and well known for his Mount Vernon eggnog, which, eggnog, which was fortified with dark Jamaican rum. How fucking cool is that? And how delicious was that eggnog? I want that recipe. He just, he just earned my love. So not only was he like our first president, right? First president, George Washington. He was fucking awesome because he liked rum. Yeah, he was the first president of the U.S. From 1789 to 1797. Mr. George Washington was mixing it up with that Mount Vernon eggnog and some Jamaican rum. He was killing it. This is why he's amazing. This is some interesting shit. 18th century sailors were often paid in rum to test the authenticity. They allegedly mixed it with gunpowder. Successful successful ignition indicated authenticity. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I'd take that job over anything. For real. Get this. In the 1800s, rum was highly revered as a go to beauty product for its ability to clean hair and strengthen its roots. How much do you want to try that? Okay. Evidently, there's this thing called Black Tot Day, too. July thirty, July 31st, 1970, when the Royal Navy decided to put an end to its daily rum rations for sailors. They're and like, they, we're going to have a rum day. And they fucking so, went off the deep so end because they're like, you can't take away our rum. But, like, they're pissed because they're like, okay, they were drinking it every day. It's rum. They want it every day. And they're only giving them one day a year that I would go on strike. For reals. So evidently, I bet you didn't know this, the aging process determines the color of the rum. So oak cask aged rums become dark, whereas stainless steel aged rums remain virtually colorless. So that's where you're getting your differences and you like your Bacardi's and your dark rums versus you so know, the, the light the ones. So the clear rums are like younger no the clear rums are aged in stainless steel versus the darker rums that are aged in wood and they bring they take in the color from the wood oh because those ones are aged in the barrels yes okay so the portion of the rum that is lost to distillation over time is called the angel's share it's literally the portion given to the angels above so whatever like evaporates off the alcohol because there's a certain amount of alcohol when you distill it that evaporates off and and give you get a little bit less but that evaporation portion is called the angel share okay do you prefer a lighter rum or a darker rum i like a darker rum because i like that flavor in it but did you know that that spice the the darker the rums with the spiced rums what fortifies it is cinnamon, rosemary, anise, absinthe, pepper, or caramel. So some yes. of them have all, some of them have just one or two of those, but those are typically the things used to spice the rums and give it that delicious flavor. Well, that makes sense because I like all those things. Yes, me too. Um, August is National Rum Month, so we're going to have to celebrate this shit in August Because August 16th is National Rum Day as well. Bacardi houses the world's largest rum distillery in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I'm going. (laughs) Right? I'm there. That's it for that. So, now that we know some of the fun facts about rum, we should probably talk about some of the obvious things when it comes to rum. And that are, what does that alcohol do to your body because it's kind of important 
Let's I talk read that about it, it. Uh, promotes heart health. Well, there are some benefits to various alcohols, and I think in moderation. I think it's always going to be moderation. Impact of it can start from the moment you take your first sip. And the cumulative effects of drinking can take its toll, including long-term exposure to alcohol can shrink the frontal lobes of your brain. Mm. Alcohol can change your typical behaviors and leave you without the mental clarity to make smart decisions. So those are some pretty serious like brain side effects when you start over-imbibing. Uh, it can interfere with your brain, how your brain makes memories and cause blackouts. It can cause hallucinations with people for people with dependence. A sudden withdrawal can cause complications, including hallucinations for people that are chronic drinkers. It varies from person to person because some people can have a, a drink and become an alcoholic and other people take years to, to build that up and to have those impacts on the body. But alcohol can cause dependence. And this, again, varies from person to person. And it can... Affect your ability to perform in work or school. It can cause slurred speech. Chronic drinking is one of the leading causes of cardiovascular disease. Chronic drinkers of alcohol are more likely to develop throat, mouth, or esophagus cancer. And breast cancer is also more common in women who drink excessively. So again, if you have a drink or two every now and again, I don't think they're necessarily talking about these people, but if you are a regular or chronic drinker, you can do some damage to your body, and that includes liver damage as well. Um, this can prevent it from properly removing harmful substances from your body and can, over time, either cause cancer or cirrhosis of the liver. People who drink frequently have a hard time fighting off bacteria and viruses and are more susceptible to illnesses like tuberculosis or pneumonia. Needless to say, excessive alcohol consumption can, is the leading cause of chronic pancreatitis. Um, it can cause fatigue or anemia, which can be complications of alcoholism. It can cause frequent diarrhea and stomach distress. It can damage your intestines, which may lead to bouts of diarrhea or stomach pain. Okay. So it can be like acid to your intestinal organs. Mm -hmm. It can lead to bloating, gas, and painful ulcers as well, because it messes with your body's natural pH in your intestinal organs. So long-term drinking can also cause infertility believe it or not, as well as birth defects. Men who have alcohol, um, excessive alcohol consumption can also be more likely to experience erectile dysfunction. Drinking increases your risk of osteoporosis or thinning bones. It can cause malnutrition because it prevents your body from absorbing vitamins and minerals from the foods you eat. Can also cause changes in coordination. Obviously, those are that seems like a given one for people with diabetes. It can cause your organs um, to not perform properly and can mess with the balance of your blood sugar levels. This in turn can cause muscle cramps or numbness, pain, and tingling in hands and feet. This can be a sign of central nervous system damage. So. It's important to note that, you know, you need to keep that alcohol intake under control a little bit. A glass or two a day may not do as much harm, but if you um, find that you're growing and increasing those levels on a daily basis or you can't stop after that one glass or that one drink, then you might need to seek out some medical attention for that. Inflammatory damage. 
that's one thing that I've always heard about when it comes to alcohol consumption, um, that alcohol can cause inflammation within your body. And that is indeed true. And this can increase your chronic liver inflammation and liver disease risks. So you want to watch that alcohol intake and be careful of what you're drinking. Make sure you're eating properly when you are drinking, because if you are not, then you can just mess your whole body up in a number of different ways. Everything from your intestinal organs to your central nervous system. If you are not paying attention to your diet. I don't know about you, but whenever I go out drinking with friends and um, hanging out with other people, I always drink a glass of water in between my drinks. Well, I don't know. Do you do that? To be honest with you, some people say that that can actually increase your um, rate of drunkenness, for lack of a better word. That it can actually force (laughs) it can actually force the alcohol into your cells a little faster if you're chugging water with it. It can. So I don't know. I feel like it's important to stay hydrated. When you're drinking, I wouldn't say go chug. You're saying like staying hydrated because, you know, when you drink alcohol, I don't know about you, but I have to pee a lot when I drink alcohol. So It depends on what it is. Like if it's something with like, you know, like beer, then I'll usually have to go to the bathroom more than if it's like a, a shot of something, obviously, because you're taking more liquids into your body. Less, but... but- I always avoided liquor. I mean, I didn't really drink alcohol until I was well into college. I didn't drink when I was in high school and I didn't drink in my first year of college. I didn't start drinking until my second year. And even then I'd always heard that alcohol kills brain cells. And I was like, I cannot afford to lose any brain cells. (laughs) I'm not drinking. But in actuality, um, through the course of learning and education, I learned that contrary to that belief, alcohol doesn't actually kill your brain cells, but it does alter your neurotransmitters. And these are the chemical messengers that control mood perception and behavior, and it can control your balance and coordination. So it's not actually killing the brain cells. It's just sort of moving the messages around in a different way to make you feel like it's you're a little cray cray. With the alcohol. Um, because you are a little cray-cray when you're drinking. I don't know about you, but I do silly stuff when I've been drinking. So so alcohol can also mess with your skin. I don't know if you've seen chronic alcoholics, but it dilates blood vessels and makes them more prone to breakage. So people that are chronic alcoholics will have red splotches or like a rosy type complexion, oh, like, particularly around their nose. Those- like red broken blood vessels in their face. It can also increase um, and worsen a ruddy skin condition called rosacea. So if you have rosacea, alcohol is not doing you any favors. So it also can sort of pump more fluid into surrounding tissues to balance out the alcohol widened arteries and veins. And this leaves you with sort of that bloated puffy kind of face when you've been drinking. I don't know if you ever noticed that yourself after you've drank like the difference between when you're sober and clear and you haven't had anything to drink versus a night out on the town and then the next morning your face is kind of puffy it's because your heart is pumping fluid into surrounding tissues to balance out the widened the alcohol widened arteries and veins so i don't think i drink enough alcohol for that to happen um perhaps maybe not muscle differences if you tried to go to the gym after you've been drinking heavily, or if you are a normal and heavy alcohol drinker, you may be doing, not doing yourself any favors. 
Um, alcohol tinkers with hormonal and inflammatory responses to exercise, making it more difficult for your body to repair damaged proteins and build new ones. Because alcohol tinkers with hormonal and inflammatory responses to exercise, making it more difficult for your body to repair proteins and build new ones. So this is essentially messing with the, the proteins in your body, not the hydration. Because actually, some people, when they're getting ripped and bulking up for weightlifting competitions, they will deliberately dehydrate themselves by eating a lot of sugar, and that turns into alcohol in the body. So... It's not necessarily dehydration that's causing people to have issues building muscle. It's the messing with the essential proteins in the body that alcohol does that prevents that from happening. Okay. Um, so if you do drink, make sure you get some protein, carbohydrates, and non-boozy fluids into the post into the system post-workout before you crack open a cold one. Um, heart. Moderate drinking could actually protect your heart due to blood vessel relaxing propanols that alcohol contains or by raising your level of HDI, which is good cholesterol. But a recent study in the Journal of Medicine suggests these effects may only benefit 15% of the population with a certain genetic profile. So two drinks per day can raise your risk of atrial fibrillation by 17%. That is the type of irregular heartbeat, which quadruples your risk of having a stroke or triples your risk of heart failure. So 15% of the population can benefit from occasionally drinking, which can actually help them have a healthier ticker. But the majority of the population, if given two or more drinks a day, increases their risk of atrial fibrillation. So that's kind of scary. Well, I don't drink every day, so... So the stomach is also something that is impacted by alcohol consumption. Just one night of binging, that's five drinks or more. So for those of you out here who are wondering what it means to binge alcohol, it's five drinks or more in about two hours. This This increases your gut permeability. Harmful toxins and bacteria leak from your digestive system into your bloodstream, prompting a dangerous immune system response that can eventually lead to liver disease and other health problems. At lower doses, alcohol irritates your stomach, increases acidity, and relaxes the muscles at the end of your esophagus, causing heartburn. Isn't that freaky? So, irritates the stomach lining, increases acidity in the body, and relaxes your esophagus so all that heartburn material can come spouting up gross not good um and then obviously sexual dysfunction is a huge issue having as few as five drinks a week can in- can decrease sperm count by affecting levels of sex hormones like testosterone so hmm. a glass of wine can set the mood for some people but can actually wreck performance in the bedroom for a good portion of the population almost three quarters of is Almost, that both males and females? Let me finish. Almost three quarters of men with alcohol dependence have at least one sexual health issue, such as low desire, erectile dysfunction, or premature ejaculation. So this does not include women in this particular okay. study. Women, it can kind of loosen you up and get you in the mood, but for men, it's supposed to do bad things. Although I think over-imbibing in the alcohol can also impact women as well, and Alcohol as a whole tends to dehydrate your body, which can have 
bad lubrication impacts on women as far as sex is concerned, or it can end up just doing a little bit more damage, I think, than it's beneficial. If you have an occasional glass of wine with dinner or as part of your diet, I don't think it's a big deal. It's when you start in moderation. Always, always, always in moderation. When is the last time you had rum? Tonight? I'm drinking it right now. What are you drinking? Straight? <laughs> I'm drinking it straight. I'm drinking the Ron Zacapa that I got for my birthday. No ice, just straight. Neat. No, I. it's on the rocks, yeah. Okay. I do like it iced. Yeah. No mixers, no garnishes, no nothing? No, nothing. Well, that particular rum... You don't really need to mix it with anything. If you have like, a, you know, like a Bacardi or, you know, the Captain Morgans, you might want to mix it with something. But this particular rum is, it's got like a hint of sweet to it. So, um, and it's got some really rich flavors to it. You can drink it on ice and it tastes really good. It's a really nice rum. So for those of you who do not know, last week was Katrina's birthday. Happy birthday, Katrina. So if you guys want to send her happy birthday wishes, please feel free to do so to our email address that we will put in the show notes. It's hypoalmo at gmail.com. Or if you want to send her some Amazon gift cards, you can do that too. We're not going to judge you for sending gifts. Um, We're always down with that. In any case, this is the point in the show where we would like to say goodbye for now. Please rate, review, and subscribe to our show. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send us an email. We're always happy to get those, address those um, for you folks. Send your emails to hypoalmo at gmail.com or hypochondriacsalmanac at gmail.com, all spelled out. Please join us again next week when we talk more about strange medical news, conditions, and treatments, as well as any other variety of medical issues in the news and things that we're interested in that have medical relation to them. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, keep it real, and always live your best life. Bye. Bye.